Hey everybody, it's Damara West. I am founder of Be Well Beautiful Woman. I am so glad that you have joined us on our podcast today. As you may know, we help women from all walks of life prioritize their wellness so that, so that they can live joyous, abundant lives. If you didn't know this already, make sure that you check us out on the web, um, get familiar with all the work that we're doing at BeWellBeautifulWoman.com along with following us on Twitter and Instagram at the letter Be Well Beautiful and liking our Facebook page at Be Well Beautiful Woman. We have a wellness and business bootcamp coming up called COVID Can't Hold Us Down. That's going to be April 26th through the 30th. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. We've got 15 presenters, two workshops based on wellness every day, one on business, and you can opt in and out however you see fit. And the person that I have the pleasure of interviewing today is actually going to be on the lineup. I'm so, so excited. Her name is Barbara Jock. And Barbara Jock started Jacks, which is an organic skincare line created for all skin types and tones. It is the brand glowing up green beauty right now. So it is tearing up the industry. Um, it's a Green America certified business that's PETA approved, cruelty free, and a proud supporter of the campaign for safe cosmetics. This brand has been featured in Elle Magazine and Birdie as one of the top 10 black owned green beauty brands, as well as in NBC News, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Pop Sugar, and Birdie Magazine, as um, I just talked about. Her goal is to inspire and provide education to her community about the importance of being mindful consumers. Barbara, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes. All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. So first and foremost, you created Jax after a health scare during your pregnancy. Do you mind telling us all about that? Yes. So in 2010, my husband James and I decided we were just going to start our family. And then upon finding out or learning that I was, um, that we were expecting, I found out that I had an ovarian tumor along with several fibroids. And um, I've always been into the holistic, um, more or less like a conscious consumer. I've been about, I've been natural since my 20s. So going on, I celebrated my natural hair anniversary about um, actually in January, 19 years now. And I um, always shopped at Whole Foods, always um, shopped at the farmer's market, but it wasn't, and I was always more of a, you know, when you first go natural, you learn about toxic ingredients in your hair, not avoiding toxic ingredients for your hair, but I didn't make the connection when it came to skincare products. Mm. We understand, you know, eating clean is great, but it wasn't until I stumbled upon a medical journal talking about the systematic effects certain ingredients have on your overall health. And then um, trying to find um, ingredient or products that was safe for me, at, you know, expecting, right? Um, we we um, were taught about, you know, eating clean. And at the time I was vegetarian, so I wasn't eating much chicken or turkey, but I was eating an excessive amount of soy and drinking an excessive amount of almond milk as a substitute for the chicken. You know, when you first become where you, you think you're woke, and so you're like, I'm going to eat this chicken nugget, you know, not realizing that the soy mimics the estrogen hormone, along with there's some components in the almond milk that does the same thing. And so having this tumor and having this, these fibroids, it was feeding the tumor and the fibroids, right? 
So what my doctor kept telling me, I don't understand why is your body producing so much estrogen? He's like, your body is a feeding ground for these, for this tumor and the, your fibroids. And I'm not sure what's going on, you know, and me being, I'm like, well, I don't eat any chicken and you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, what are you eating? And he's like, well, you know, there's a connection between the estrogen and the soy. And I'm like, no way, you know, and then the, the medical journal that I mentioned earlier, where it said certain ingredients, um, you know, has a systematic effect on your overall health. A lot of the, those carcinogenic ingredients actually, you know, have been linked to causing cancer, have been linked to, you know, endocrine disruptors and all of those bad things that can happen long term. And so I made the conscious decision to not just look at the back of labels when it came to my hair products, but more so to also take a closer look to um, skincare products that I use on a daily. And that included not just lotion or moisturizer, but that included my soap bars as well as toothpaste. Um, because, you know, I just wanted to make sure that since I didn't know what the cause was for my tumor and my fibroids, I wanted to eliminate as much toxins that I was putting into my body and on my skin. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I was all, I've always been into my natural hair. I've always been, I was always that girl on campus that had the big fro before, you know, going natural was really, really in. And I've always was into makeup or at least getting started into makeup. And I had to ask myself, well, what was I doing for the sake of looking cute or getting, having somebody physically stop me and be like, oh my gosh, your hair is so pretty. Oh my gosh, your skin is so pretty. Was it really worth the compliments? And I had, and I said, no, it wasn't. You know, for me, it was more about getting through the pregnancy and delivering as opposed to, you know, dying for the sake of, you know, the toxins or not knowing what it was I was putting in my, on my, on my, in my body as well as on my skin. Yeah. So I, 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 first and foremost, I appreciate you sharing such intimate details about your journey and, you know, you've clearly embraced a, a holistic uh, lifestyle in every possible way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that many people don't know is that our skin is the largest organ. <laughs> and so we don't talk enough about what is going on on the outside as you articulate it. And I think that's a travesty considering there are, um, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, um, in terms of the number of products that are out there that have chemicals in them. And we just are clueless about what we're putting in our body and what the effects are of what we're putting in our body. And so in many ways, what you're doing, I feel is still very, it's revolutionary because it's a, it's still very much an unchartered space. I do. I have seen some cosmetic brands, um, particularly by black women, maybe they just have like a makeup line, for example. And um, I've been seeing more natural brands manifest, but they're still far and few between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is very, very true. And there has been very little research in terms of the connection between the toxic, the toxins in skincare and the overall effect it wasn't physically until like i remember you know i've been i started my business about eight years ago and um it wasn't until johnson and johnson had that huge case when that woman the hispanic woman won that 2.3 or 2.1 million dollars for her having cancer that it started become much much more serious to the public you know and johnson and johnson is the number one skincare or 
baby care brand globally, you know? That's the first thing. When I remember ha having my baby shower and receiving a bunch of Johnson & Johnson baby products, and a lot of my friends and family thought I was crazy or acting bougie because I was like, I don't want this. The smell alone is just reminds you of a beautiful baby, but then the more conscious I became about what was on the back of that ingredient, try to explain to everybody, my child or you having a child does not, their organs are not even, or their body is not even strong enough to fight the, the toxins or preservatives in this product, but we're putting it on, we're slathering it on their baby as a, as a source of, that's how we show affection, you know, like that, that's how you're caring for your baby on a daily basis, the products that we bathe them in, the products that we um, moisturize their skin and products that we wash their hair in, you know, so it wasn't until you know, I don't even remember, maybe about four or five, six years ago that that lawsuit and she won, you know, but she, I'm not even sure if she, if she passed away, cause I know she was at stage four, that it, that became a, the catalyst, you know, where people became more conscious, like, oh my gosh, yes, this is, this is a thing. But to piggyback back on what you said, that there are a lot more natural products on the market and that, you know, it still has to be like the term natural and Organic still is a little tricky, especially in, when it comes to skincare because of a lot of the greenwashing. And I'm gonna explain what greenwashing is. So greenwashing is basically where you can claim it's natural and you market it under the idea that it's clean and safe, but it really isn't because it still has some of the toxic preservatives in there or toxic emulsifiers in there or cheap fillers in there for the sake of shelf life or um, um, potency, but it's marketed under green and clean, but it really isn't. Yeah, so no. this is so good, right? Because a lot of times we're looking at labels and if we see a word like natural, we see a word like organic, we automatically think it must be that. And what you're illuminating is that all brands are not created equal, right? We know this in general, mm -hmm. but particularly around this idea of really what it means to be a pure product. And so what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, you're one of the few where you are offering a pure product. There is nothing tampered in your brand. No, yeah, there's, and I, and I, I definitely don't want to give the idea because, you know, I, we try to get our products as clean as possible, right? Meaning that a lot of the, not a lot, 100% of our preservatives are plant-based. However, there was a trend over the last five years where, and I was, I fell into this when I first started where preservatives are bad. You need preservatives in products. And it's now in the last year where the, the idea of getting plant-based preservatives have come into the market. However, it is pricey. You know, there, if we can get the products to where it isn't like a large percentage of the ingredients are not toxic, but more so clean, then I say go ahead and use it. Because there are going to be times where Let's just say you're traveling over, you may be traveling overseas or you may be traveling or you may be in a situation where you need to go get products and it may not necessarily be clean. So you just pick the cleanest one available. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is good. There's a couple of things I want to say about this. And first and foremost, um, that it's preservatives are, natural preservatives are okay. But the, the key is, is that we need to understand maybe the percentage or the types of preservatives in the products that we're buying um, so that we can ensure that it's the closest thing to all natural possible. 
Exactly. And, you know, to add on to that, when you're looking at an ingredient, you know, or the back of a product, you know, the, the higher the ingredient is to that ingredient, the word ingredient is the more potent it is, right? So as you get closer down to the bottom of the label, the smaller the percentage is, and that's where the preservatives are. It's everything in between that what is called, like typically when you start with an ingredient, it would say either water, coconut oil, or some type of heavier oil, and then it comes in what's in between it. At, at, towards the end of that is the, the preservatives, but what's in between it, more like the emulsifiers, the, you know, anything that thickeners, the fillers that makes it what the, the, um, the product makeup, that's where, you know, what, what you would be looking at. So oh. if most of it is clean ingredients at the top of the label, and then as you get closer towards the bottom of the ingredient reading or description, and it's, you know, you want to look at that because, you know, not everybody, the other thing is I want to say is that coming from a black community, my parents are Haitian, you know, I'm from the, we're from the Caribbean and you come from a lower class where you got to work your way up. You don't always have the capital to spend on quality products. Let's just be real. We don't. Yes, yes, that's true. You, you, I mean, you're preaching to the choir, really. And it's not just, I mean, there are many people in this country who could not afford uh, natural products that maybe they would want to buy them, but it just doesn't work for them financially. Exactly. And you know, I can say that it is a privilege to be a more conscious consumer because I have that disposable income or to the knowledge to understand how important it is, you know, because I remember first starting this business, you know, most of us grew up using natural products, right? And when you go to the beauty supply store, when you look at the amount of products on the shelf, all of them are all cheap and expensive. It's because they're, they're, they know who their target audience is. You know, they understand that it's a working class society. We all want to look good. We all go, and we spend a lot of money on beauty, but we're not going to spend a lot of money on the beauty products because we can't afford to. And so, you know, I say to say this, not everybody can afford to shop at Whole Foods because when I went on this journey, being a college student who was putting herself through school, paying rent, had car note, you know, had a cell phone bill, helping my family out in Haiti, I could not afford to shop at Whole Foods. So the alternative for me was shopping at the farmer's markets, you know, because then I knew I was cutting the middleman out. I was going directly to the from buying the products from the farmers. And so my grocery bill was half the price or a quarter of the price that I would shop at Whole Foods, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but when you think about everyday people who don't, like I'm from South Florida, Miami, and I went to school in Orlando. In South Florida, at the time, farmer's markets were not readily available. So when I would come shopping here, when I come home, they'd be like, oh, you acting, you, you brand new now, you brand new, you shopping at the farmer's market. I'm like, no, I cannot afford to shop at a Publix, which is like a regular supermarket because I was on a, I was on a tight budget. I could not afford to shop at a natural food store like, you know, Whole Foods or Chamberlain's or even, well, at the time there was no Trader Joe's there, but I had to be resourceful. And a lot of times with you ha when you come from a, a household where, you know, you have a lot of mouths to feed, food, hair products are not the pro main priority to, you know, to your everyday life. You know, when it comes to, you just want to be able to put food on the table and look cute at the same time and be presentable to, you know, our counterparts, because we, there are other social beauty standards that we also have to play into when it yes. comes to, you know, living in the U.S. 
so I, on this planet? <laughs> I think it's so important that you're talking about how um, much, and you named it, right, the privilege that comes along with being able to access natural product and products in all the ways, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, but, and I also recognize that many people, of course, that anyone that understands business understands that you need to be able to make a profit, right? And so mm-hmm. we, unfortunately, we, we may want to reach everyone, but, but the ability to reach everyone may not be possible. And then there's mm-hmm. other ways, of course, that we can give back. I mean, even just like you being a part of our wellness series, that's a way that you're giving back to community um, that is not just connected to your product, which is a form of social enterprise. And so, you know, we recognize that everyone can't, but I think those who can definitely should. There's no reason why if, if I'm going to spend X number of dollars on um, my skincare and that those X number of dollars are comparable or it's, it's a little bit more, but I can afford whatever that little bit more is, then why wouldn't I say yes to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really good for my body. And we're going to talk deeper about this in just a little bit. So thank you for that. Yeah, so, and I also want to mention, yeah. no, 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 it's okay. When it comes to, when it comes to transitioning or trying to make smarter decisions to, when it comes to this, you know, being a more smarter consumer, you know, it doesn't, you don't have, it doesn't happen after overnight. There are different ways that you can do it. The use, I say, start with, the products that you use on a daily basis, like your toothpaste and your soap, you know, um, so that it is a little bit more easier on the pockets um, in terms of provi- having cleaner options for you and your family. Yeah. You know? And then go into your every year, then your makeup, then comes, you know, your skincare products, but start where I say start with your toothpaste because that's what you're putting in your mouth. And then majority of the time we're ingesting that toothpaste. Yeah. So, yes. you know, and the soap, the soap is the easiest because you can find that anywhere. And, you know, that's what you're, you're putting it on the one thing that protects our body from infections and protects our organs and protects us from the sun and, you know, injuries that this one organ that, you know, we take for granted on a daily basis, protect that. Yes, that's so and then, good. And, and yeah. I would add to that too, you know, deodorant is an easy one as well. Yeah. And even though I've seen some, you know, pretty expensive brands out there, um, mm-hmm. Schmitz is a good one that is, I believe mm-hmm. it costs $7. And I recognize that might be, you know, two or $3 more than you what, what you would spend if you're going to the dollar store, it's even more than that. But um, it's certainly worth it if we can afford this. So I love like this idea of taking just small steps, you know, just working within what we have to work within. And then as we have more resources at our disposal, then we can just, you know, size that up as we go. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for offering that. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool when I read that you're the green beauty brand that talks to you like a girlfriend. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And so uh, tell us everything about that. So, you know, being in this industry and particularly being one of the few black women in the green market, I find that it, when it comes to green beauty or just beauty in general, it's a little pretentious, right? Or it's it kind of makes you feel like, you know, that it's just either too wordy or jargon heavy. Like you could get a little confused, which I feel YouTube has been an amazing source for us in terms of being able to break down how to use makeup, how to use skincare, or even how to do our hair. And it's a source for us to kind of learn from each other. But for the everyday girl, 
when we send out products and they're just like, I just don't get this. Like, what's the order? You know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much information I feel like we put out there. That's one of the main common questions. And so I just feel like for my target audience is women of color, you know, particularly black women. Mm -hmm. And if I can speak to, they, I feel like why talk to them in a corporate marketing tone when the, the material, they'll receive the material a lot better if I speak to them like they were my girlfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. Because majority of them, when you're hanging out with your girlfriend, you see your girl, her skin is glowing. You're like, oh girl, what are, what are you doing? Are you drinking more water? She's like, no, 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 boo. I am, I'm using this product. And that's yes. how, you know, we kind of communicate. And I wanted it to feel, I want our, our, our followers, our, as we call them, our girl squad members, to feel comfortable enough to come to us with their skincare issues and not feel like they're embarrassed or they're intimidated by this, by this brand that feel like they know well too much, you know, they just don't feel comfortable enough. So I just wanted to create an environment or community where you can kind of talk to your girlfriend and the language is relatable. You know? Yeah, yeah. I so this is important because it speaks to um, how critical it is to make sure that we are providing culturally relevant um, mm -hmm. opportunities to engage with the people that we want to serve, right? And doing it in a, in a way that's very authentic, that's heartfelt. And so when I read over your media kit, that's what I felt like. I felt like, ooh, this is somebody like I need to know because mm -hmm. I can relate. Like this feels very relatable to me. This feels like somebody I would just be in conversation with over a glass of wine or um, whatever that might be. So I, I love that you appeal to your audience and no matter who your audience is, you know, if you're in business, it's so important to have an understanding about who your people are and how they tick and to have your messaging authentically crafted so that you can reach people. Um, because if you have no sales in business, you know, that mm -hmm. if, you, if you can't market right, you don't have sales in business. You're right. You can't sustain yourself. Exactly. More, more so I've been, I mean, we've all had this experience where there was some type of professional or not so much as influencer or probably like a mentor in your head that you probably met in person. And you're like, damn, this person is cool as hell or they're a regular person. And I wanted to take that idea or that feeling that I got when I met that person that I looked up to and was like, damn, she's super cool. You know, because that's how, when we re interact with our customers at social events, that's how I, that's how I interact with them anyway. And it just dawned on me, well, why aren't we speaking to them that way? And because that's how they're going to receive the information. And it's less intimidating, you know? Um, and like you said, it's on a person-to-personal -personal level. Because even in our emails, when we receive information from, or just questions, I respond, or both our, all of our team members respond in that tone. Yes, so yes. you can feel like, okay, what, you, what, what is you talking about right now? Can you really break this down? 
Because that's the last thing you want for a customer to say is, like, I don't get what you're saying right now. Like, I don't get yes. It. Well, and I can tell you that there's been so many times that I've called customer service and have felt like this person doesn't really get me. They don't really care about mm -hmm. me, whatever it might be. So the fact that you're giving people that, like you're, you're becoming unforgettable and people mm -hmm. want to buy from people that leave a good impression on them. You know, Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel and so I think that that's part of the magic of your brand so yeah yeah absolutely so 75% of mainstream beauty products marketed to black women are considered toxic to the point that they have been linked to cancer hormone disruption and developmental and reproductive damage damn 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 so if that's not enough, I mean, I'm just really curious about how this compares, right, with other groups, because oftentimes, you know, we're the ones who are at the brunt of a lot of damage, just like with COVID, right? Who's dying at a faster rate? It's, it's Black people, essentially. And mm -hmm. so, you know, why is this data important and how does it compare to other groups? I feel like this data is important because let's talk about this. We know that skincare is a big business, right? It's in, in 2018, this is, a Nielsen, this is from a Nielsen report. In 2018, about 100, the, the consumers spent about 135 billion on skincare. And that was 60% higher from the, from the decade before. So we, we buying, that's it, we, we are buying. buying. Okay, yes, when yes. The, when it comes to the black women spending of this segment, um, we spent about $465 million last year. Just black women. Wow. Wow. So let, I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit, right? And when you think about toxic products in skincare or hair care or just the beauty industry, and it ties into what the social norms or the idea of what beauty is and how we have to conform by the use of texturizers, perms, bleaching, you know, just to kind of fit in when, when those products alone, and I, let's talk about lipstick. We're just now getting into skin protection. Um, those are the, some of the products that scored the highest in terms of toxic, toxic toxicity in skin and in, in beauty products. Right. Mm. Um, you know, just think about that because, you know. So our brands, okay, so what you're saying, sis, is that the brands that we use historically are have the highest amounts of toxins compared to other products. Exactly. And I didn't even mention bleaching, ble hair bleaching products. Yes. Yes. Wow. And it's because it's, our every, it's the things that we use on a daily basis. How many of us have had perms since we were kids? Yeah, that's real. And we were perming our hair since we were up until adulthood, you know? And if it's not until now in the last decade where natural hair has now become the norm, because I remember when I first went natural and I was, and I was, I think I had just turned 20, 21. And I, I cut off all my hair. My family thought I was crazy. Mm. They were like, why would you do that? Somebody broke your heart? No, 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 no. 
You need to, you need a prime, you know? No, like, wait a minute. No, I've actually been liberated. No, I've been yeah. liberated. Yes. For me, yes. it wasn't about liberation. It was more of, I started learning. I did. I did start learning. I did take an African-American philosophy class mm-hmm. and I started learning about, you know, the, the history of Africans, Pan-Africanism, you know, um, you know, just about us, our, our, our history. Yeah. And I just started to see the beauty in, I've always known the beauty in, in, in being a black, black woman or just a black person, but I just started getting more self-assured in terms of who we are. And I remember being at a flea market with one of my girlfriends and seeing a young lady with a red, beautiful Afro. And I was like, Ooh, you know, it's not like it was the first time I didn't see it because I've seen it on vacation in the Caribbean with my family members and asking, uh, seeing this video of a young lady named Michelle, Emily Michelle, and seeing one of her music videos, and she had this beautiful, beautiful hair, dark, dark skin, and I was like, that's, that's our family, I was telling my mom, I was like, I had to be like eight years old the first time I went to, you know, I was like, that is our family member, and she was like, no, she's not our family, I'm like, look at her eyes, look at her skin color, <laughs> Wow, yes. I, like, I want my hair like that, and she's like, you're gonna have to shave it off, and I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, I'm not shaving my hair off, but going back to my 20s, seeing this again, you know, you see it, you see, it, I've seen it growing up, but seeing it, I've seen, I was like, oh my gosh, I want my hair like that. My hairdresser at the time was like, I'm not cutting your hair off. Nope. Mm-mm, nope. We, we've worked too, we've worked too hard to get your hair this long. Your hair is healthy. I'm not cutting it off. Went to college. And I think I spent like six months there and I was like, I'm shaving my hair off. Shaved it all off. And That's so you know, bold. That's so bold. I went it, through this. It is. I went through this process about a year ago. I've been natural for a while, but I had severe damage because of coloring and some other things. And about a year ago, I had to cut all of it off and start over. And um, mm-hmm. it, it takes some real courage to do that. I mean, I so I just want to acknowledge that. So many people won't go natural for that reason. I know. And it's, it's part of the social norms and the idea of what beauty is, you know, in a white society. You know, Um, it's either it's either twofold. It's either not twofold. It's either one or the other. It's either you're really, really beautiful and you're really, really brave or what the hell are you doing? And you can't get this promotion because you look like this. That is so true. And, you know, I think when you you talk about like, you know, this acquiring of information about our about your legacy, right, about the history of um, people who come from similar lineages than than yours, um, ours. And Mm -hmm. I do think it's a form of liberation when we are able to acquire knowledge that raises our consciousness, that then permeates how we're how we act that Mm -hmm. is a form of freedom like being liberated Mm -hmm. is a form of freedom and Mm -hmm. and that is actually in part what your product represents right it's it's Mm -hmm. about being free to invest in your body in a way that honors yourself as you are financially able to do that right yeah and i never Uh, thought about it that way until you just said it but yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Well, good. Good. That's one of that's one of my pieces of magic. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, as we get ready to wrap up, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about wellness, um, considering our work. So, building a beauty empire is no joke. Like for real, for real, for real. It takes so much. And I have no idea being an outsider, but as an entrepreneur, I can only imagine the work that goes into building this brand. You're also raising children, which makes it that much more of a challenge. So Mm -hmm. 
Tell us about the ways that you stay grounded in the midst of your journey. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, that said it all. It's a struggle, right? The struggle is, is real. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a definite struggle. And I've fallen off of the self-care um, bandwagon several times because, like you said, running a business is one thing it's being in the beauty industry is something else where i've even fallen into the idea of what self-care is i sometimes i've i won't I got lost in, in it and you know i've been able to move away from my family and being able to um learn to take care of myself um while i was away for school allowed me to learn about the importance of being centered and um understanding um finding myself basically in a nutshell and what that meant to me, you know, yeah. um, and creating boundaries for both family members, friends, and just my environment. But being a mom, first and foremost, you, all that kind of goes out the window because you put, being a wife and a mom, I would say, you put your family first, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what household. And I hate when people say, you know, Caribbean people act like this. I think all of us are taught as women to take care of your family. Yes, that is, that's very true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I constantly have conversations, particularly with my friends and family members, like, imagine being in a world where, you know, you wake up, not so much wake up, but just from a man's perspective, where, you know, you're taking care of the house, you, you go to work, you come home, food is, food is ready, right? You pay the bills, you're like, hey, I'm horny, I want sex, sex is ready. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the whole idea of when you get married, you can't deny your husband. Honey, that's the oh. good, they live in the good life. They live okay. in the good yeah, life. Exactly. We're not even done yet. You know, sure. yeah. you, you get dressed, <laughs> you put your clothes in the, you, you, you get dressed, you put your clothes wherever you want it. You know, whether it's in a hammer on the floor, you open a drawer, the clothes are clean and folded, right? And, you know, when you, it's just for me, that idea baffles me or just the idea from for centuries that we were always, you know, the ones to take care of them. And we're not even factoring in the kids, right? Mm. Yes, yes. It's just a lot to take on, just being, oh, number one, being a wife, because when, now let's fast forward to 21st century where you're, you now are working, okay? You're working now, and you got a child, so you got to take care of the child, you know, you got to be there emotionally and physically, because, you know, kids, they're a blessing, but they can be extremely, um... They need a lot. They need, they a, need lot. a lot. Yeah. Yes. 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 And now you have your husband who also needs a lot because you've spoiled him. And I like to say the word spoiled because I feel like that's what I did with my husband mm -hmm, where, mm -hmm. you know, you're cleaning the house, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're cooking, you're doing laundry, you're servicing. And then you still got to be there, be your girlfriend's friend. You know, you still got to, you got to give, give, give. Now it's 21st century. You got to also clock in from nine to five. Yes. Well, and this is why as women and particularly black women, we have got to, our wellness depends on it. Our longevity, our joy, our abundance hinges upon us pushing against some of the ways in which we've been socialized as women mm -hmm. and particularly black women. So mm -hmm. I know that a lot of white women, they are quick to get somebody else to help them. Black and that has been frowned upon, but, you know, when I think about, you know, even during the slave days or even in some cultures where there is a maid, because then now you're a kept woman, right? 
Mm. Or, you know, um, it's even frowned upon, like, why would you have somebody come into your house and clean? Like, you can't do it yourself? No, I can't do it myself because I'm busy. Right. And, and the question then becomes busy doing what? Well, you know, and, so, and because it's so foreign, right? It's so foreign yeah. for people to think about outsourcing for the greater good of what you're trying to build. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Rachel Hollis's um, more recent books, um, Girl, Wash Your Face, and then um, I don't know what the other title was called. Uh, I can't, or Girl, Stop Telling Yourself Lies or something. I'm probably mm -hmm. slandering that. So, you know, even though it is from a white uh, feminist perspective, I think there are a lot of good lessons in there for women, period. So, yeah. you know, she even talks about how, you know, she, she will go to her kids' games, but oftentimes she's there with her laptop and she's writing and she's looking up periodically and exchanging eyes and smiles mm -hmm. so that she can, and that's the expectation for her to be able to manage her life on top of numerous other ways she outsources to be beautiful and organized and to keep her composure as a woman. And so I think if we can afford it, we should always be looking to create more space for ourselves because you're trying to build an empire. Exactly. But I also feel like we also have to hold a man accountable. Come, yes. Yes. Say that again. Home because you can't, we, like, I don't subscribe to the idea of being a superwoman because I feel like unless you unless you have certain things or certain people in place to help you achieve that being that superwoman because we don't know who else is in the background helping it's a lot to take on if you're a normal everyday person you know part of my self-care is my husband acknowledging when i need to when i need to sit down mm. you know when he needs to step up to help me yes. you know if my daughter needs this attention he'll be he'll come in and he'll see my he can read me my body language and my face and say well, I'll take care of this. Mommy, mommy needs a little time to herself. Yeah. You know, because for me, growing up in a house full of kids, I enjoy my peace. Mm. I've always enjoyed peace and quiet and sitting still. And that doesn't always necessarily have to mean meditation. Sometimes I want to be, I want to be in a quiet room with my thoughts because that's how I process things. Yeah, yeah, no? absolutely. And, and some might say that is a form of meditation. Yes, yeah, right? some might say that, you know, because I, I, I could sit in the room. My joy, especially before I got married, before I had children, it was, you know, I enjoyed my vacation because I couldn't, I couldn't afford to go anywhere. But I would sit in my dorm room or in my apartment for the, for, for the, week, the week and not speak a word because I just needed to just be still. Yeah, yeah. Just be with me. You know, this is, this is so important and, and about like the importance of us building conscious relationships. And so when you talk about your husband knowing when he needs to step up and knowing when he needs to support you, like part of that is us being able to articulate what, what we need from each other. Right. What do we I, expect I agree from each with other? You. Yeah. But because he didn't, it, we had to build that. It was a work in progress and it wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. We, it, there was a lot of fighting because when, in the beginning of our of this business, when I needed to sh when I needed to show up for the business and I could no longer be present in the home, I had to ask him, "I need your help." Like he mm -hmm. he'll come be like, "I need some drawers," and I'm like, "I need drawers too." I, you you last time what when we were dating, you would wash clothes. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> like last time I checked, I know you can do laundry, so go ahead and do some laundry. Like we both need it, but at the, right now, I, can't, I I'm busy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Yeah. Or he's like, I'm I'm hungry. Well, I'm hungry too. I'm, I know you know how to cook. Well, I don't want to sit in the hot kitchen. I don't want to sit in the hot kitchen either. We might have to figure something out, bro. Like I love that. And y'all worked it out, right? And we so worked it out, but not time. everyone, you know, you have to know, you have to know your partner, but your partner has to also know, you know, because I, I tell people this all the time. James did not marry Jax. He married me, but also he knows the type of woman that I am. Anything that I put my mind to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to show up. And for those times where I cannot show up at home, he steps in. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And we can't, you can't, and it, because I was running myself into the ground being, trying to be the superwoman or the idea of what I thought a wife and a, and a mom and an entrepreneur was, because I bought into the idea of, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you ain't working hard, you ain't, you ain't, you're not, you're not really an entrepreneur. So I was up three, four, five o'clock in the morning. There are times where I didn't go to sleep working on my business and having to show up from my nine to five, my corporate job, tired as hell because the idea of what I thought an entrepreneur was. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is so good. Um, yeah, and, and as we wrap up, I think that what you're, uh, it's, mm, this is so good about how important it is for us not to be like, go down this pathway that's connected to traditionalism mm -hmm. um, in, in every way, and particularly in business. And I went through a feminine business series not too long ago. And a lot of times we have this idea that we have to work, and which is true uh, many, on many occasions, right? We know that from society standpoint, working faster, harder, being better, we know that those things are real, right? Mm -hmm. And how do we create a mindset that taps into our, the divine being, meaning the spirit, the universe, whatever, God, whatever it is that we believe in? Because what I believe is that I know that there are business owners out there. They've been in it for 18 months and they're a million dollar business now. So how is that created versus somebody else who's been in it for X number of years and hasn't reached that point, right? Mm -hmm. But I think part of that has to do with the work that we're doing to create it because working harder doesn't always equate to fast tracking our success, whatever that mm -hmm. looks like. So this is why like those moments of stillness and strategizing and meditating mm -hmm. and journaling are so important because that's where real solutions come from that can truly, truly, truly expedite our success. Mm -hmm. And to go back to your original question, how do I practice self-care? You know, a lot of it is, I'm just going to answer this really quickly, just so I can answer your question. For me, just one, one main thing is being with my family. That feeds my spirit and my soul. Mm. Just being around them. They're the most, I love being around, not just my husband and my kids, but my family, because they keep me grounded. You know, they check you, they make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, all, all the things, all the yeah, things. all the things. <laughs> and, you know, the, the other thing is having key individuals in my life. And I don't want to say just girlfriends because I do have best friends that are men that keep me, that keep me, that remind me not to take myself so serious, you know? Mm, yeah. Like spending that little quality time with them because, you know, for years, um, they would laugh at me and pick at me for doing yoga. Like, what girl, what you doing? What kind of shirt is you doing? Now they're like, BJ, hey, 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 you know, I'm just not getting into yoga. Let, let, let's, let's, let's take me to class with you. You know, like, and I'm like, mm-hmm, now, now you into the woo-woo? Now you into the woo-woo. Okay. okay, okay. I love um, all about that yoga life, yes. Yes, you know, and, you know, another part of my self-care, I feel like, is just spending, my, spending time with me because, 
you know, if I don't pour back into my cup, I can't be the Barbara my family needs me to be or the, the, the businesswoman my business needs me to be. You know, I can't be the Barbara that my customers look to for, you know, being this voice, being this advocate and create, creating these products that I feel are going to be the ones to change our lives, not just my life, our lives. So in order for me to be present, you know, I need, I need to check in with me. And that for me, it used to be journaling and it, it changes. It has changed for me over the decades. The older I get, I just find newer ways or just, there are different things that I do. Sometimes I'll, I'll get lost in a book for a few hours or a couple days. You know, there are times where I just want to be by myself. I'll go walking around a neighborhood. You know, for me, there are times where I just need yoga, you know, there are times where I, I just turn the music on and dance. It just, for me, is just the little things that I do um, that just keeps me, like you said, tapping into source, tapping into the divine beings that I could hear. I call God's voice to remind me, tell me to help guide me through this journey called life. Those little things. And it's not just one thing. I think depending upon where I'm at in my life or what direction I'm asking for is how I go about that self-care process. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I love that you have articulated so many different wellness practices. You have a lot of things in your toolbox and that you use them as you feel led to use them. And I think that's the beauty of having exposure to a lot of different ways of taking care of yourself because you can tap in at any point in time based on how you feel moved, you know? Um, and everything that you just shared, it reminds me so much of my own wellness practices. Some days it might be Reiki. Um, I do have a daily yoga practice. I walk a lot. Um, all kinds of things so that I can continue to put out, you know, compelling, authentic content to our folks. But then also, um, I just want to be able to do this work authentically, right? I want to mm -hmm. be able, I don't want to just put something out there. I want to be about it. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about you is that your whole life embodies this natural lifestyle. And so, and the fact that you have this brand that's in total alignment with your belief system, it's, it's really, really beautiful. Thank so, you. yes, Barbara, we have come to the end. I want to make sure that our listeners can stay in touch with you. So how can they go about doing that? So you can find um, me on, you know, on our Instagram page, because I live on our Instagram page. <laughs> it's a great Instagram page, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. At, um, so the name of the company is Jocks, but, or Jacks, but you can find me on shopjacks.com, um, shopjacks on Instagram. Or um, you can actually email me. I love talking to any and everybody, whether it's business related, self-care related, or how just maneuvering through life or just helping each other out. You can email me at Barbara, B-A-R-B-A-R-A -A -A, at shopjacks.com. Um, and then I have a personal Instagram page that I've started to entertain as of lately. <laughs> okay, fun, fun. I love it. It's underscore Barbara Jacques, um, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Um, but yeah, I just started entertaining. People are like, why aren't you sharing your family pictures anymore? I'm like, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. But okay, I'm, I'll, I have time for y'all now. All right, that's good. For updates, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll share. Well, and the beautiful thing is, is that people want to know you, right? So this is one of the ways that they get to know you. And um, uh, and so I'll be looking for that as well, because I, I love to see children and partners and just people living their lives. And it seems like those are the um, 
images that people relate to the most, right? People really want to have this inside track into our lives. So, all right. Well, again, I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad that you're going to be on the lineup for our COVID Can't Hold Us Down Business and Wellness um, Boot Camp. And listeners, I appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, you are why I do this work day in and day out on top of for myself. And until next time, everybody, Ashe.